0: Thank you for listening to The Data is my science podcast. The show that makes data your passion with your host, Dapper Data. So this kind of takes me on to my my next question the final question before our game. Um, Soft skills, right? You know, we talked about uh, you know uh, uh, the the we just talked about the the older generation that has been in the mix for years, right? They've been doing data science since the buzzword started and probably beforehand, right? But doing it more manual, not really as automated. And then also you have uh, the younger generation that's out there, right? And so one of the things I mentioned in a uh, article that I did, um, I don't know, it was about a year ago. Uh, talked about soft skills being one of the most important things and when you think about soft skills I remember I was always told I had this knack for like soft skills right and Mm -hmm. and this was when I first started out in the technology industry and I didn't I didn't really know what that was I was in my early 20s I was like oh you know I just like talking to people and things like that right Mm -hmm. and so uh, you know, and, and, and as I got older, I realized how important that was because you look at the data scientist, or you look at the programmer, or whatever it is next to you and you realize how difficult it is for them maybe to have, uh, that skill. And that involves things like communication and learning, I mean, listening or socializing or teaching and things like that. So, uh, do you see, I mean, you, 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 you can tell right now that, you know, the audience can tell that you have soft skills, right? Have you always had that? And do you see that? that's something that you can learn or build on, or what's your thoughts on that?
1: Well, absolutely. You can, um, you can get better, um, at it. Um, you know, I mean, this is, uh, what we're doing now, this kind of conversation is not terribly different from public speaking, you know, let's say, which is, you know, like anything is, is a skill thing. You know, some of it is trying to decide, you know, part of, I think, uh, The Art of Public Speaking that comes into play in something like this is, um, you know, coming with an answer, but saying, oh, how can I answer that in two minutes? How can I answer that in six minutes? All right. 20 minutes. You know, the wheels are always turning on that. And, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, in my uh, LinkedIn learning role that uh, they'll say, hey, Keith, that was pretty good. But could you shave 30 seconds off that? And you do, like, another take. <laughs> all, in the sense, it's almost it's almost like being, like, a television journalist or something like that. Yeah, I think it's yeah. almost like David Attenborough, you know, describing, <laughs> uh, you know, the birds flying by that say, you know, Sir David, can you can you, uh, can you shave off 45 seconds there or whatever, you know, because they really are keeping track of how many minutes. Right. So, mm-hmm. so that, that that's a skill that I've developed over time. That probably is what people would be experiencing if they, if they had that, re, uh, you know, the reaction now, but the thing about soft skills is I think that cause you know, I did a course for LinkedIn learning on soft skills and the course has done well and the feedback has been very positive, but it, it doesn't do as well as let's say my ensembles course, or mm-hmm. my advanced decision trees course, and mm-hmm. I think it's because people devalue that a little bit. You know, they go, "Oh, uh, by soft skills, does Keith just mean you know being a good communicator?" Well, I don't need, I don't mm-hmm. need to watch some course to do that. But mm-hmm. it's much more specific than that. Mm-hmm. It's that okay, you're the modeller, and you're going to have a meeting with the subject matter expert. Well, hopefully, you're friendly person or whatever i'm I'm even kind of laughing saying it because i don't know what people think this is you know it's not just you know did you make eye contact were you friendly did you shake the subject matter expert's hand this is not what we're talking about we're talking about very specific things you get a limited amount of time with this person
0: Mm -hmm.
1: what should you be thinking about before the meeting right how do you look at this meeting from their standpoint they are a chemist or they're a surgeon or they're a helicopter pilot they're not thinking about this kind of stuff you have to you have to you have to train really to look at it from their point of view so that you use that 30 minutes to maximum effectiveness right you now so i think taught well these are soft skills infused with the technical aspect right they're soft sk- skills in in the service of mm. doing a good job technically so taught well, I think they're highly specific to the problem. They're not just eye contact and friendliness or you know, whatever, all those things are valuable, You're right? But I, th- I think you just kind of pick that up in the workplace by being around for a while, you know, if you seek out opportunities to interact with others. But soft skills in the technical space, I think are much more specific than that. And I think they can be trained and I think they're they're very powerful.
0: Yeah, and, and uh, just to add to that, you know, when I look at soft skills, I think it plays a bigger role when you start to get closer to the people that are the the decision makers you know the people that are the c-level execs right the the uh those folks you know having soft skills is key right when you're just sitting there and you're in your programming world or you're you know you're next to somebody you're all 'all just you know uh talking talking about um you know so the next code or you know the next uh whatever it is you're looking for, you know, as far as technical, you know, just the technical skills, it's a little bit different, right? You know, but you have to really hone in on your soft skills when you get to uh, that level, when you are communicating to uh, those C-level execs, you know, for sure.
1: Absolutely. So for instance, there's almost always a power dynamic between the data scientist, you know, unless you're a chief analytics officer, and there's not very many of them not just because there's not a lot of c levels most companies don't even have somebody with you know like a data science or an analytics background that's a c level usually sure. they're director level or something like that so that's a right. the main reason why they don't have them but there's almost always a power dynamic you know in terms of just the organizational chart between a data scientist so let's say somebody is um yeah. right from bachelor's they went into one of these like two year masters of data science programs So they're a year into their career job and they're a modeling lead. They could be 23, 24 years old. Okay. Mm -hmm. Very good at their job. Very competent, you know, having what we would uh, traditionally associate with good soft skills because they got Mm -hmm. there, they got into their master's program, they're successful. Right. But now they have to have a serious sit down with a 61 year old senior VP (laughs) of manufacturing worldwide or something and explain mm-hmm. to that senior VP why they're going to be over budget and two weeks late. Right. You know what I mean? That, that, yeah, that's yeah. a different <laughs> kind of a thing, right? So, so that's the kind of soft skills, again, that I would associate mm-hmm. with this, not just in a generic sense, but anticipating the fact that as a data scientist, you're almost always going to have this power dynamic between you and the, and the internal clients that you serve. And how do you navigate that? Because a lot of young data scientists avoid those issues, they avoid like, it, right. they just don't, they just don't want to tell anyone as if, as if the, the lateness of the project is going to take care of itself. They just yeah. want to hide <laughs> it, right? Or they don't give their boss the information that they need so that their boss can navigate that, right? In mm-hmm. other words, they're, they're not, they're thinking of it too much through a technical lens and they're not yep. thinking out through the organizational implications of their actions or inactions
0: hmm. That's a great point. You know, they're looking at it from the technical lens. And I mean, over time, they'll probably learn. Right. You know, and you have to be exposed to situations where I always talk about exposure. I even wanted to do my dissertation when I first got in on exposure theory or something like that. You know, but I, uh, I just truly believe exposure is key in all these things that we talk about. And um, that's just how you get to the next level. You know, but you have to be able to embrace it. Don't run from it. Um, you know, so you're bringing up some great points. All right, now to the fun stuff. All right, game
1: the <laughs> you've been talking about. Yeah, I'm curious. Yeah, you're, yeah, yeah. You're so to
0: about. it just it's only going to be about five questions. Okay. okay. Uh, well, five uh topics, but uh, and, and it'll probably last about five minutes. That's it, if if that. But the game is called Overrated, Underrated, and I got it from a motivational speaker that I saw. If follow him on Instagram. And different social media platforms. Um, his name is Gary V, uh, and he uh, and he was talking about. He always does this thing called. Well, he just started doing this thing called overrated, under, underrated, and uh, he'll just come. It, you know, they they will present him with any topic. It doesn't matter, um, and we'll keep it to a couple of technical, you know, but one or two outside of technology uh, topics, right? And so you being um, the. The, the guest on the on the podcast, you would uh, say whether something is overrated or underrated, uh, you know, and that's it. Or you can say, you know, it, it is where it is. Right. Okay. You know, um, if you if you think that, you know, it is where it is and and, you know, you can give your little spill on explain why, if you want to, you know, or you can just keep it moving. Right. Uh, but, you know, just a little fun game just to get the uh, the the interviewees, you uh, uh, opinion on some things right in the world. So, sure. okay. <laughs> Open source.
1: Um, overrated. All right. And the re the reason is, is because, um, it's not really free. You You should, you should make a thoughtful decision about any purchase, even uh-huh. if the purchase seems to be free
0: oh nice nice that's a good that's a good that's that's something to really take in uh, for a lot of people out there that always talk about open source all right so next the mouse i i
1: didn't i didn't even know that was a thing so uh (laughs) i don't know if it's uh if my answer is neutral or underrated because i still use i still use a mouse does that, mm-hmm. does that make me old? Am I officially old now? <laughs> no, 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 because some people still go back to the
0: uh they're saying, "Oh, the mouse pad is it, you know or uh or or instead, you know, but no, 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 I think that's fine.
1: On my Mac, I use the touchpad most of the time, but when I'm set up at a desk, um yeah, you know, I don't use it as often as I used to, but um I like having the option,
0: yeah, I feel lost without the mouse.
1: Yeah, (laughs) I hope it doesn't go away. I guess. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I actually um, saw a post the other day where they had the old mouse, uh, you know, where, where you had the ball in it and it would get like, uh, I don't even remember that mouse where they had the ball in the mouse and you could take the ball out of it. And, and, and it would actually collect dust around that area. So I have to send it to you. I don't know if you remember that mouse though. Mm. Okay. All right. So social media for learning technical stuff
1: uh this one's this one's a little um this one's a little tricky because um i feel like i have to give two different answers so (laughs) if we're talking about like a marketplace for ideas you know Mm -hmm. more like you know whether it's paid free whatever um so like uh like a youtube udemy and so on there's mm-hmm. really good content found in each of those, but I've got to say overrated, because you have to wade, you often have to wade through you uh-huh. know, a lot of stuff. and it, it can, In other words, it can take a lot of effort to find what you need. Yeah, have a data catalog
0: or something for that, stuff, right?
1: <laughs> Sometimes an abundance can be yeah. like a bad thing, right? Mm-hmm. So I say it with reluctance, because there are some YouTubers that I think are just fabulous, you know? But yeah. But if you find a good one, you're great, but it, the, the search can be arduous, you know, um, whereas uh, LinkedIn Learning, you know, it's funny because we we're having a comment earlier. There are a lot of folks that not only aren't as familiar with LinkedIn Learning, but... Um, sometimes people even have access to it and don't know that much about it because they have premium linkedin maybe because they've been doing a job search or something and some of those packages come with it for free and i've met people that didn't realize that they had it for free so you know i'm biased i'm on the platform but I, i say underrated there and the reason i say underrated is that i meet a lot of people that aren't familiar with it yet and it's very carefully curated Mm-hmm. there are a lot of topics they have they've chosen one expert to speak on the subject most of the mm-hmm. most virtually all of the authors are invited to the platform because of their previous you know expertise oh. so it's it's an amazing platform there's hundreds of millions of people on linkedin and millions yeah. of them are on also on linkedin learning but somehow there's still people out there that haven't aren't familiar with it
0: i would say i honestly was not familiar with it or kept I, I would hear about it, but it was not really um, it didn't really get me until I started to research more um, when we were when I was going to interview you, you know, and um, yeah, I would definitely I, mean, I you know, I, I guess you need, like you say, you need a premium account and all that stuff, you know. But but I I mean, that's something I would definitely like for you to, you know, promote on, on here at the end. And then, you know, maybe we can um, you know, I can figure out a way for for people to really look into it a little bit more you know because I think that like you said it's careful if it's carefully curated I mean that that's better because when you look at most of these platforms they have everybody's an expert everybody's not you know so you don't know whether they're an you know, the expert or not. You got to pay for it beforehand <laughs> there's,
1: there's 30 versions of everything right whereas right. most major topics are covered on LinkedIn learning once or twice and if they're covered more than once it's because there's a different spin on it. You know. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. yeah, so I just think it's an amazing thing and I, I've i uh, um I watch a lot of the courses on it myself, so I'm also a consumer of that material and I'm just super impressed with it. So again, perhaps biased, but I think it deserves even more attention than it's already getting.
0: All right. Well yeah, you you all hear that from the expert, you know, go to LinkedIn Learning and get that premium account. Um, all right, three more cable.
1: Oh, like actual like T V? Yeah, like T V cable. <laughs> yeah. Um, I haven't I I haven't had a cable box for years Uh Initially because I was such a heavy business traveler that I just it killed me that I was spending a lot of money And I wasn't even home sometimes the whole month. Mm -hmm. I I have no desire to go back So yeah, but I don't even know if it's a thing. So I I guess I guess i'll say overrated because I I just think it's Yeah, it's gone or it's lingering on
0: I agree with you. I think it's lingering on. You know, I, I know some people that still have it. You know, my parents, for some reason they have it. And I'm like, cut the cord, you know. I'm yeah. telling, you know, you got all these streaming, streaming apps, streaming technologies, you know, just stop, just stop it, you know. So my yeah.
1: folk, my folks are in their 80s now, so they can they can do whatever they're most comfortable they watching goes. <laughs> but they they will grab their newspaper in the morning and they will circle. Don't forget it's seven o'clock, we have to tune in <laughs> for show, you know. <laughs> and then, you know, for those of us binge watching on Netflix, that's just kind of bizarre. But again, I, yeah. I, they've they earned the right to watch TV however they want to watch TV. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, two more. The desktop. Oh, I don't think desktops are, I don't think desktops are gone. I really, uh, you know, I really don't. I've, um, COVID has caused me to rethink like my whole setup, uh, you know, at home. And I'm seriously contemplating getting, um, you know, a new cinema display, but like an iMac, I guess it is. Right. But then like also having the laptop. So laptop is like yeah. it, it's super indulgent. Right. But you know, mm-hmm. since I live on my computer, I feel like I can justify this indulgence. I'm seriously considering having a laptop for like moving around the house, but a permanent setup, it's also possible because of things like this where I can have the mic plugged in and webcam mm-hmm. set up just right so that I'm not plugging in and unplugging my laptop. Yeah. So um, I think for somebody that wants a permanent setup at a desk,
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't think it's gone. I think they're with us for quite a while more. All right. All right. And last thing, pizza. <laughs> pizza? Like as yeah. in the food. Oh, yeah. P- pizza is an art form. Yeah. So the thing is, though, I think it's already like crazy popular, right? But. Um,
0: so you think it is where it is? Just keep it like yeah, that. Yeah, I think,
1: I, think <laughs> I think it is where it is. Yeah. But I am uh, I grew up in Rhode Island. And Rhode Island is, I don't know if you know this, a very Italian place.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah.
1: Kind of like, uh, well, you're not too far from Philly, you know, has like that strong Italian, uh, you know, uh, neighborhood, Chicago does as well. But, but Rhode Island, more than most people think, um, there was even a TV show for a time. It didn't last very long called Federal Hill that was about, of course, it was a mob component because it was a TV show, right? <laughs> but yeah, but Rhode Island is a very Italian place. So you would think I only like a um, traditional pizza, but I'm very open-ended to weird toppings on pizza. So I would so if we're going to narrow it down to that, you know Kind of like exotic unusual people experiment with pizza then I would say underrated because I'm I'm getting <laughs> some, some people would say no way it should always be very traditional, but i'm i'm not a traditionalist with it with pizza
0: Okay. Okay. Well, that was the end of the overrated underrated segment. Um, that was a lot of fun So I think i'll keep that going on uh, yeah. so yeah, so I, I usually end every podcast with uh, a data nugget. And uh, today, what I would like to say based off of our conversation and just some research that I've done in the past, you know, um, that, that data is everywhere, right? We already know that. And that in order for it to be valuable to the customer and in order for it to be valuable to, for them to make better decisions, better business decisions, there needs to be some type of work done behind the scenes for a clear picture to be painted. And this is the type of work that I believe Keith has worked on for for years, you know, dealing with SPSS and um, some stuff that I'm even doing now with R. You know, there's a lot of work, data mining, right? All that stuff doing behind the scenes. That's it, very important, right? Preparing the data, you know, to be visible for that end user. Um, so definitely hone in on that and make sure that you don't skip the process. Uh, so uh, anything, anything that you want to add in there, Keith?
1: Well, you know. Uh- Usually, I like to just kind of give people an idea of how to uh, um, well, on the data piece, I will say this one thing. This would be I, I haven't I haven't managed a lot of teams. I've managed a lot of projects.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: but I haven't done a huge amount of hiring over the years, some. But my favorite interview question would be related to data as you describe it, which is if I you know if I was going to be doing an interview with a young data scientist, the question I would ask them is tell me about a time that the data seemed to indicate one thing, but you scratched the surface and it was telling you something quite different.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: If someone, it cannot produce a single story about something like that happening, Mm -hmm. they haven't spent some serious time with data or they're just too trusting of what the data seems to be telling them. So that would, that's kind of an interesting spin on that, I think. Yeah, that
0: is, that is. Because when they have done the carrying and feeding, and they they've gone through the process of the uh, all the different stages, transforming it, prepping it, all that stuff, you know, by the end of it, when you're doing the analysis on it, you know, you might have gone in. There's plenty of times you go in with one thought, right? You know, or you go in with one hypothesis, whatever it is, you know, or whatever you think is going to come out of it, and then uh, it should tell you a lot of times something different, right? If you, if you spent the time to, uh, I mean, it might tell you exactly what you're looking for, but also you should come out with some more information, you know. At the end of the day, so yeah, that's a great point.
1: You know. there's always surprises in there. So if you're not yeah. finding anything surprising, you're not looking hard enough. Yeah, that's yeah. how. I would.
0: <laughs> nice, nice, nice. That should be a quote, man. Did you, did you, did you document that, man? You need to post some. Oh.
1: <laughs> no, it, it does. It. it uh, yeah, we'll have to we'll have to play that back carefully and put it in italics somewhere. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, again, uh, so thank you all for listening to the Data Is My Science podcast, the show that makes data your passion. Uh, I am your host, Dapper Data, as usual, uh, Keith. I just want to thank you so much. I had an awesome time. Thank you for being on the podcast. Uh, where can they reach you at if they have any questions or they want to just have a conversation with you?
1: Well, because of my affiliation with uh, with LinkedIn learning, I just find myself on the LinkedIn platform all the time. you know? Mm-hmm. So I'm in there pretty much every business day, you know, unless I'm traveling or something like that, which we haven't been doing lately. So following me on LinkedIn is the number one way to keep up to what I'm doing. And I'll on average, put some kind of LinkedIn learning lecture out there in my feed, which oh. makes that lecture free. Temporarily, like every week. So Mm -hmm. if someone just follows me on LinkedIn, um, hopefully they'll pick up some cool things, but they'll get a feel for what the courses are like without even having to try the, the trial just by monitoring my feed. And if they, if they like it, then they can, uh, you know, check out the courses. Yeah, Yeah. Well, I'll tell you
0: one thing you have one subscriber here. Right now, <laughs> I am uh, right after this, I'm I'm definitely getting on there and I'm going to start trying to check out some stuff, you know, uh, but in order for them to get in LinkedIn learning, you know, if they wanted to
1: uh, subscribe, right? They they need to get the premium. LinkedIn well, there's there's two ways. So you can you can do a plan that's just LinkedIn learning itself. Mm hmm and you know it's definitely paid but it seems to be you know pretty reasonable but if someone's in the middle of a job search right now or they're like in their last year of college or something like that so there there are those special packages that are really designed for job searchers Mm -hmm. i've been on the job market in in a while so i don't really know all the things that are offered in those packages but a lot of those packages include linkedin learning as a bonus so okay either of those ways you can you can just do it directly where you're just paying for linkedin learning or you can get it as a bundle as part of these other things I don't, I don't know a whole lot about that side of it but again if someone's just not sure there's a trial and then the other thing they can do is just simply follow me and pretty much every week i'm pushing some kind of free content out because linkedin learning gives me a way of pushing a lecture out to my feed which makes it f- free to the feed
0: right right uh, is there anything that you had, or you have any conferences or speaking engagements coming up or anything like that? I know for me, I want to put out there that, you know, if anybody wanted to pick up this one book, I just I just purchased it. Um, uh, Keith was co-author on it. It was it's, some, it's so far. It tells a story. But then it goes into some real uh, detailed information, uh, the SPSS statistics for data analysis and visualization book. That book is I mean, that's right there i'm 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 using that right now during my quantitative analysis course as a book that I decide to read on the side while I'm doing it. So uh, that's one thing I recommend, you know, to the audience. but is there anything else that you have going on or you recommend? Well,
1: that's definitely the book that I'm the most proud of. And I think it's gonna I think it's gonna stand the test of time quite well because. Um, You know usually with a point-and-click book you worry about things being out of date and for something Mm. like SPSS um, statistics for dummies, which my co-author and I have um, written a couple of editions for now That's the kind of thing where Wiley does Get us to rewrite it every couple of years But that other book that you mentioned the material in there hasn't changed and it's powerful stuff I mean techniques that are so amazing that people aren't usually that familiar with like correspondence analysis and stuff like that Mm. So I love I love that book And then uh, I guess maybe on the LinkedIn Learning side, maybe if someone did a trial and they say, well, which of like this dozen courses here, which one should I watch first? Maybe the non-technical skills of data scientists would be the first one that they should check out because we were talking about the soft skills. So there's a course specifically on that. Or if they're um, studying data science and graduation isn't that far away and they're wondering if, getting a corporate job is the only option and they're wondering if they might wanna be an independent consultant, like I've been most of my career. Um, I did a course on side hustle for data scientists.
0: Oh, nice, nice, nice. Okay. Well, yeah, well, again, thank you, Keith. I really appreciate you. Um, As always, everybody here, you all can follow me on uh, all the social media platforms, Twitter, LinkedIn, YouTube, Facebook, at Mr. Dapper Data, that's uh, at MR. D A P P E R data, um, and also the link is in the bio. Um, I am doing a data analytics podcast coming up soon, uh, and I'm also going to be on a data analyst conference uh, coming up soon as well, uh, speaking on social media analytics and return on investment, uh, as we just talked about. Yep. So, return on investment is, is 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 huge. You know, a great opportunity for business individuals that want to. Uh, learn and study the data analytics side as well. Uh, So, again, subscribe, 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 and thank you all. Thank you, Keith. You know, it was a
1: pleasure. I enjoyed it very much. Thank you for listening to The Data is My Science
0: Podcast, the show that makes data your passion. With your host, Dapper Data.